0: Who were we before shame told us we weren't enough? I asked myself that question three years ago and I haven't stopped since. You see, shame tells us that we're alone in how we feel. That it doesn't matter what we think or say or believe. Every part of us that feels unfindable, unreachable, unseeable, unlovable has shame in it. And I believe so fervently that there is power in speaking to that shame. So, join me as we reclaim the space that shame has taken up. Look at you! You incredible human being. I'm so proud of you. And I'm also so grateful that you're spending your time with me here on Speaking to Shame. I'm your host, Emily Stearman. And this week's episode is just full. It's so full. We're talking to my friend Delaney, who is freaking awesome. She's so cool. Uh, part of me doesn't want to share all these incredible women that I know because then they won't have as much time for me. <laughs> and that's a selfish part, I know. But the world needs to know of Delaney's goodness, and she is good. Delaney is a trained social worker who's passionate about supporting moms through pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and beyond. She loves facilitating women's circles and holding space for women to reflect on their journey grow from their experiences, and harness their power. Delaney lives in Chicago with her two-year-old son, husband, and 13-year-old rescue cat. She loves coffee, late-night porch chats, and a good true crime podcast. Wow, power walking, which I think is a talent. We should be talking about more. (laughs) Delaney, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I love, I can see your baby's crib from behind you. True True mother, mompreneur right there. I love it. We're actually both Only in our children's energies. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that the worst part of motherhood? Like you get all these tools and toys and then your kid's like, I would like to play with a plastic wrapper and cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> and also your bed mom is my bed. <laughs> probably the rudest. Well, hey, speaking of moms and motherhood, you have, a, that's like your platform, right? That's what you do is is supporting moms.
1: It's it's mothers for mothers. So it's, it's really- leading my brand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. Will you tell me why and how and what, like give me all the deets on mothers for mothers. Yes. So mothers for mothers
1: is a supportive community, a resource, and most of all, um, it's a way for me to share my motherhood experience as a way to normalize the hard and the highs and the lows. I like to say, and also to share about my expertise as a social worker and my um, perspective on postpartum mood disorders and um, the hard parts that can sometimes come along with motherhood.
0: Oh, I love it. We're here for the hard. We're here for the hard and the heavy and for the good, right? Because a lot of good comes from the hard. I think my favorite part of uh, following along in your mothers for mothers community is that you truly do speak to the heart. I've said, I know I've said this to you before, but if I had known about you when I was in the throes of my postpartum depression experience, if I had known that there was another mom out there who's super similar age, similar background, like mental health, social, family, behavioral sciences that was also like struggling and speaking out about it and seeking out community that would have made such a huge difference for my journey and a, as a mom. So I really love that you are here and talking about it, that you're bringing up the hard stuff and that you're offering some comfort to people who are going through that. Cause that's such a real part of motherhood. I would love for you if you're willing to share some of your experience with your own motherhood shame and maybe what has brought you to the point of Like you just said, how you were documenting your own motherhood journey, what has brought you to that point and maybe what sparked, Hey, we need a community that's talking about this.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah. So like you, I remember feeling that way. And I also remember saying to a friend, like, I'm not the first person to do this. And I know I'm not the first person to feel these things, but why does it feel like I'm the first one? yes and why and you know knowing my background knowing that resources existed perf- being professionally trained you know social workers are advocates yes. i advocated for myself that was a huge part of my birth story um it's something i'm proud to have that attribute and to have the skills to do it well for others and and even for myself well but at that time i felt like i was like putting all this effort in and it still felt really hard to get help yeah. um because shame was a big part of my motherhood experience so uh you know when i think about shame and motherhood there's kind of like i feel like it's not it's being talked about more now than ever but it's also more prevalent now more than ever um and even though you can cognitively know what you're feeling is not true you can you still feel the weight Mm -hmm. of what feels true um if that makes sense yes for me like my shame came a lot from the trauma I experienced from having, um, a traumatic birth experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who might be curious, I have a, a, to know birth stories or want to hear more about my background. I do share about that on mothers from others. So you're happy. I uh, would love to have you listen to it there if you'd like to. Um, so I'm not going to go into the details of it with you today, but the kind of spark notes version is we plan to have a home birth. I felt really good about that choice. Uh, I really prepared for that. And, um, part of that preparing was a lot of like belief in myself and my body that I could birth this baby the way I wanted to, um, which is good. And I'm not ever going to say someone shouldn't go into birth, having those thoughts, yeah. but I had them to the extreme point that I wasn't willing to entertain that I might need more support. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't at a place where I could, uh, understand where I am now that birth is involuntary. Yes. You're (laughs) how good of a person you are, how fit you are, how long you can meditate for, (laughs) how many birth classes you attend. All of those things may or may not be helpful for you to have the right environment, to have a birth that you hope to have, but they themselves are not the reason why you have the birth you have. And you can be a good person who went to the birth class, who has the mantras and still have birth challenges. And for me, that meant no longer being able to birth at home. That meant going into a hospital system that I hadn't prepared for because I thought that would mean I would end up there, which was just not healthy thinking. Um, And had some unfortunate circumstances happen, including my son needing a two week NICU stay. And so that was very traumatic. Uh, And I didn't truly understand how traumatic it was. And and so that was my entry into real motherhood. And so that in the background, well, as anyone who's been a mom or seen a mom in those early days knows that there's not a lot of bandwidth to like process that early on and you can just get caught in survival mode, which is where I was for a really long time. And the interesting thing about trauma is it can bring a lot of negative feelings, right? Like sadness, anger, betrayal, um and and sometimes those feelings naturally like quiet over time, the anger, the sadness, but often what comes later and what comes strong is that shame. Uh that internalized belief that there's something wrong with you. And it can lead to dark places and in postpartum when you're already fragile, vulnerable. I mean, you're, you're stronger than you've ever been. You just birthed the human, however (laughs) that looked for you. Um, but also you are vulnerable. You're open, right? Like your body is physically open. You (laughs) dilated and had a vaginal delivery, whether you had a belly birth, like you are open, you are Mm -hmm. leaking, like you are (laughs) very human. Yeah. You are very human in that moment, in those weeks, in those months. And so, um, with that comes the vulnerability and, and I felt that. And so that shame came <laughs> and I, you know, thankfully was able to get help for what was diagnosed as postpartum anxiety. Um, looking back, knowing what I know, and I, I definitely think there was more, and that was even my shame. I was afraid to admit even being a mental health professional, yes. sitting with a very caring therapist, um, kind of skimming the surface of what really was happening because truly I was afraid to admit what was going on and I didn't feel like I could speak it out loud. And so that kept me from getting help that would have really benefited me and my family. And I feel guilty about that. I don't feel shame about that now because I know that that was my trauma. And so, um, you know, to anyone who's feeling those feelings or recognizes any part of your story and what i just shared uh, know that you are not your trauma but your trauma will show up in your life and it will bring friends yes <laughs> with Here <it> we are <laughs> and you will make, yeah and it will also bring darkness and you um, are so deserving of support and care And I hope that you can take those, whatever baby steps you need to take to get help. Um, But there's a lot of things to feel shame about in motherhood.
0: My question for you is, do you feel like that recognizing and calling it by its name has helped you say, wait a minute, that's shame?
1: I think uh, what I have worked hard at doing both, you know, with a professional and with myself is uh, retraining myself for those when those thoughts Um, like two parts of healing with trauma can be the self-compassion side Mm -hmm. of the thing for understanding, like when you are struggling or, um, you know, I'll share, I, as my first child, I only have one child. I didn't quote, feel like a mom for probably eight months. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel
0: that in my kidneys.
1: I nannied in college. Yes. I had been taking care of kids since I was yes. like, you know, 10, a neighbor would be like, Hey, I'm going to go, I don't know, do whatever moms do. My <laughs> do <some toenails>. lunch, <laughs> go to the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Will you keep an eye on the kids in the backyard? And I remember thinking this should feel different. Like this yes. is my baby. And yes. I just feel like a really full-time babysitter. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that to friends, like, do you feel like a mom? And I think you were like, I recognize that. But I think for others who like thankfully, fortunately haven't had that experience, I just got met with a lot of like, yeah, because yeah. you are a mom.
0: But there's this like, huge volume. But what does that
1: feel like? Yeah. Like what is what is feeling like a mom feel like? And like I loved him. And I, you know, there yes. are moments where like I can see it even in photos. Like I, I would give anything for him. I gave a lot for him.
0: You still continue to.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not like I, you know, some symptoms for others are like, they really are struggling with the caretaking. Like I was, I, thankfully we had some help early on with nursing, but then we were able to do it. Well, and I did it a lot, and yes. so I was doing the mom things. It's not like I wasn't; yeah. I was not struggling at doing the mom things. It just didn't come with the feelings feeling. of, yeah, feeling, feeling like the, mom the mom
0: feelings,
1: the mom feelings, whatever those. Yes.
0: Whatever those are. I love, thank you so much for your honesty. It's speaking to my soul. It's, I feel it to my toes. I've got goosebumps because yes, because there are moms who are listening to this right now going, ah, yeah, me too. Like they're like cooking dinner or they're driving to pick up another kid or they're sitting in their house going, yeah, where, why don't I feel like a mom? Where are the mom feelings? I think so much of that is again, our trauma and our shame and figuring out how to be ourselves as well as a mom, because I felt a lot of shame around not loving everything about motherhood too. It was hard as crap. And I kind of hated a lot of it. Like, especially the newborn stage when they're up four or five times a night. And it just feels like this never ending, almost getting sleep. Someone wrote out those tasks. Yeah, No
1: one would raise their hand. No one would be like, put me in coach. I would love to sleep for two hours at a time. I would love to maybe catch a shower every third day. Uh, I'd love to always smell like, cause your BO, first of all, comes in hot after postpartum. Plus, you know, the fluids always. Yes.
0: And diapers. I would love to wear diapers.
1: Yeah. I would love to stress about like when my kid needs to go to the dentist for the first time at like 3am when I could be sleeping, but now like no one would sign up for that. No one would sign up for that.
0: Oh my gosh, I love this so much because you are nailing it. You like you get it. This is why so many people are coming to you and saying, "Delaney, I want to listen to you. I want to hear what you're saying because you get it so hard that again, we love our kids. Like you got emotional when you were talking about how much you loved your son. You would do anything for him. You've done a lot for him already, but there's also this deep trauma and like I feel like in my Shame feels like to me, like a bag of sand in my chest that I can't like quite pass or swallow and shame gets muddled and mixed with that. And it's really difficult to prune out those loving emotions, but also say, okay, but I'm also really struggling. It's almost like we don't like that these two extremes exist, that we could love motherhood and love our children, but also really hate a lot about it. And there's just, again, that shame comes in whenever, I guess, whenever we perceive something that we quote unquote should or shouldn't be doing, you know, in terms of when you don't have the positive feelings,
1: when you just have the task. Yes and the burnout, and the fatigue, it's hard to keep going. Like, those feelings matter. That's part of our human composition. That's oxytocin. Yes. What is needed. Serotonin,
0: dopamine. Yes. Exactly. All the Hormones and happy things. Oh, Delaney, I just, I love how, I love that this conversation is happening too, because I remember... And this was a lot to do with me and like my ideals and who I was choosing to surround myself with. But in those early days of, um, motherhood, I was felt like I was following these people on Instagram and social media, Facebook who were like taking their kids on trips and their kids all were like matching simple like tan and cream and burgundy outfits and like they were they're just like at living... a nursery
1: I didn't have a nursery we didn't have a nursery. <laughs> yes we still don't have a nursery yes! it's a room my child sleeps in with furniture and some clothes it doesn't look nice yes
0: and it's like you're on just like making homemade baby food. I'm like, um, I got some from the store, like, and, and exactly what you're saying. Like you're sitting up at night, wondering when your child should have their dentist appointment Same. like I was scrolling through Instagram and Facebook, seeing all of these, you know, targeted toward me parent ads. And just, it's, it was almost like that shame just got bigger and bigger, like that chasm of hardship for me and that sand in my chest just grew and grew and grew until I just, again, those motherhood feelings I didn't have. The only feeling I had was that I was doing a terrible job and that I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be. And I wonder in your outreach and experience supporting mothers, have you seen this show up? Like, is this something that other moms are experiencing?
1: I think, oh, there's a really key word in what you just asked is like the support because what we have is we have, you just named like the Pinterest mom, which is yes. like pseudo access to other parents. But because it's social media, we don't see the hard moments. But yeah, so you see the like pseudo like social relation parasocial relationship pseudo access to family or friends that have children like your peer group and then now what has been i think even accelerated from the pandemic has been information there has i don't think ever been more information readily available and it's not you know your wise women in your community your aunties your cousins your sisters showing you their knowledge it's you know, infographics and statistics and recommendations and all the way to thinly veiled threats of, if you don't (laughs) do this, this could happen X, Y negative thing, Mm -hmm. but there's no support in either of those. The one is the comparative shame of why don't we look like this? Why am I not that mom? Why can't I get out of the house today when they're at a fricking pumpkin patch? (laughs) And yes! going to the store to get milk almost broke me. Yes. And then you have a gauntlet of even if it's the best, most balanced information, you know, it's not the shamey best is fret, you know, breast is best, fat is best, where you just feel like you can't win, even if it's really balanced information, when you're just passively consuming that from a phone without the support, without the connection. That's where the mom shame sneaks in of why can't I be like this mom? And also, did you know there are a thousand other things I'm failing at at all the time? And how am I ever going to catch up? And you don't have someone there saying, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Let's get you some extra help. Let me grab that for you. Let me hear how you're struggling so you can get that off your heart and off your chest and show up tomorrow. Revived, rejuvenated, yes. rested, having taken a breath and just felt hurt. Even sometimes, you know, you don't get the actual hours of sleep, but when you carry that burden, you feel weary.
0: Oh, this is healing, like fresh mom. M, this is healing parts of me that I thought I'd worked through in therapy and in my own shame work. This is so needed. Uh, something really stood out to me when you said passively scrolling. Uh, It makes me think of the good, better, best scenario. And we could have the best information in front of us. But really what it takes is some feeling safe for us to act ourselves like we have to, we have to be part of the object that acts on another object, we have to reach out to a friend, or find a support group of moms that we feel loved and supported by. We have to talk to our partner. We have to call our doctor or care provider. Um, And this isn't like a long, another list of things for you to do, but this is a, hey, this could be where grace finds a way in. This could be you saying, okay, I am worthy of help. I am worthy of those mom feelings. I am worthy of support and rest. However, that looks like right now in whatever stage I'm in, let me start this conversation. I think a lot of times we're presented with help but we're not very good at advocating for that help for a lot of reasons one of which shame shame says everybody else is doing it without any help they're at the pumpkin patch fine you know that's a big thing for me is i really my husband and i we parent partnership together and i have a hard time doing things solo and so sometimes when i see other moms out and about i'm like oh man she's crushing it. And I didn't know about the buckle meltdown in the car. Like exactly what you said. I didn't, I wasn't there for the milk tantrum at home. Um, so shame tells us that we can't reach out even when we can. And I love that you're having this dialogue right now. I love that you're so openly and bravely sharing your experience and your knowledge and your wisdom saying, Hey, you can reach out. There actually is support for you. You do deserve love and support and, and companionship as a mom and camaraderie. And that's, it's just so freaking powerful. Like I'm just like nodding here as you're, as you're speaking, like cheering and nodding because so much of what you're saying is just exactly what we need.
1: Well, for me, I'll share, you know, mothers for mothers is born out of my own experience. Like Mm. I shared in the beginning, And it has been healing for me. And that is, you know, part of the reason why, um, you know, I was so thankful to have you share your birth story. I truly believe sharing our stories is healing. When you speak light to the dark moments, the dark feelings light comes in and you get an empathetic response, you get a head nod, you get a connection and you realize that you weren't alone. Um, you know, your dark night was another mom's dark night and together you can find light. Um, and also I think it it really helps me with self-compassion. Like I hear from a lot of moms, things that are, you know, similar to my story, maybe not exactly the same, but I can definitely see myself in those, uh, insights or feelings or memories they share. And I have so much compassion and empathy for them. And then I'm going to turn around and be a jerk to myself. <laughs> like yes. it really
0: is a muscle. Like we would not say so much of what we say to ourselves, to others. Like imagine saying even a fraction of what you tell yourself as a mom, as a human to you as a six-year-old child or your child or your friend, we are so cruel to ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves and shame sounds a lot like us because shame is sneaky Shame hates empathy though. So what you just said is impactful. It's incredible to raise your hand and say, okay, I'm struggling here. If you're struggling too, raise your hand, like it's the ultimate act of vulnerability, but shame hates vulnerability and it hates empathy. And those are some of the most, I think, beautiful and raw and jagged parts of motherhood And, and exactly what you said, when we speak light to the dark, when we speak validation and empathy and connection to the shame, it immediately takes away some of its power and we can do our, we can create this community of moms who's like, Hey, shame, you suck dark. I'm here to talk about you. I know I'm not alone and I know I'm not crazy for experiencing this. I actually wanted to ask you about your birth story series on Instagram. and just like get your feeling about that. So it came from, I, I,
1: I think birth is very attractive. It's, it's not just, I mean, it intensified when I was thinking about becoming a mom and I was pregnant, yeah. but I've always been drawn to it. And, um, you know, I said earlier, birth is so powerful. Um, you know, it's a bringing life into this world. Yes. Like people are, are drawn to pregnant women and, um, you know i'll I'll just share so i shared a little bit about my own birth trauma experience and actually one in three birthing persons experiences a traumatic birth mm-hmm. whether that escalates the point of having ptsd or not um you know feeling like your needs were not met you advocated for yourself or didn't couldn't advocate for yourself if you have Physical, emotional, mental abuse happened to you by a care provider. Um, you know, there are instances of obstetric violence from either a, a doctor, or a midwife, a nurse, but it can be a textbook quote, good birth. And I say that in quotes, because yes. I, that's a Lots lie. of lie.
0: Quotes here. Exactly. Should. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's, a, that's not true. <laughs> but, um, you know, even if you, your birth plan, everything got checked off or, or someone says, wow, I wish I had a birth like that. Mm. And you think, well, then what I do I have to do yeah. What do I have to be upset about? Mm -hmm. And, and you can still have moments because like we mentioned, birth is very vulnerable. It's very human. You're not always able to even be verbalizing what your experience is. So someone could have the best intentions and you could still walk away feeling traumatized. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, so one in three, people experience birth trauma that can be both the birthing person, as well as your, if you're a partner to a birthing person or a a support person. Um, and that takes root in our bodies and that informs how we go forward in our lives. And so I, um, you know, want to one I, why I created a mother was born was one to just give space for moms to share their birth story experience. And it's called a mother was born for an important reason, because it is about your experience of giving birth, but it, it's not just about, okay. And you, you know, baby came out and oh, thank you for sharing your story <laughs> because- really? I moment, whether you're doing it for the first time, the fifth time you are being born as a mom in that moment and the moments that follow after. And I think that's also where a lot of, um, moms get stuck in the shame is it kind of disappear into the background. You know, babies are like magnets and people yes. are yes. and, um, they're easy to ask about and, um, we'll come sometimes. over and
0: bring them things and Right. Wanna hold them. It's like very,
1: they're very cute. They're <laughs> very cute. I'm on board. I wouldn't say I'm my cutest postpartum either. But um, there's such a need to be seen and to share that story. And um it has been one of the biggest honors truly of my life to host that series and to have um yourself and other mothers like you share their stories. Um You know, we have a variety of births represented and a a whole host of amazing women who bear light to the darkness and also the joys and the creativity that motherhood sparks. And and that truly is like the culmination, I guess, of Mothers for Mothers, creating that community, hearing other stories, um, recognizing yourself in their story, maybe being sparked to think like, oh, I hadn't like ever had that reflection
0: so many things you're saying are just good and powerful I'm so grateful like truly from the depths of my heart I'm so grateful that you exist because you are a light uh my last question is what do you think motherhood looks like when we talk about shame and we work to remove some of the shame
1: I think it looks like a lot of what this conversation is focused on.
0: Thank you so much for your knowledge and your wisdom and your empathy, your connection, your power. I'm grateful that you're here and teaching us. Uh, How can our community find you and learn from you and connect with you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I, um, am on Instagram at, at mothers for mothers with an underscore. Um, and I'm sure you will link to that and, um, you know, follow along, uh, lots of, you know, great conversation on Instagram stories. Do um, the mother was born series as well, twice a month. I'm taking a, a break right now, but we'll be back next month. And, um, I have a web website, which I can link to as well. And from there, I... To mentoring. I do one-on-one mentoring right now. Um, and I'm also looking at creating possibly like small group mentoring sessions yeah. around specific topics. So I'm in the early stages of um, finding out what those topics would be and if they, what the need is at this moment. Um, so if that's of interest to you, um, we can connect and find out if that would be a good fit. Um, and then um, in later this fall, I'll be relaunching the collaboratives. So there are um, communities, of kind of bringing what happens on um, Instagram to that more intimate community mm-hmm. where we can have these conversations and build those relationships. Um, I feel like we are often so busy momming so hard, yes. <laughs> and yeah. it can be hard to um you know make a good mom friend at the park or. Mm you know, keep in touch with friends we already had. Um, and so my vision is for it really to be like a safe and inclusive and welcoming community where, you know, just celebrating the wins, mm-hmm. enjoying the highs and and a safe space to go when there are those lows and to get the, um, you know, like you said, validation, connection, encouragement that we all yes. need and are so deserving of.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds great to me. Sign me up. Like exactly what we felt here from Delaney. Thank you for being here so much. We're so honored.
1: Thank you. I love this podcast. So (laughs) so, I think what you're creating in this world is so needed and I'm just thankful to be a small part of
0: it. I can't wait to rediscover who we were before Shane told us we weren't enough. I can't wait to find those parts of us that need healing that feel unfindable and unlovable, and remind them that shame is not our truth.